Hey, what's going on? Thank you so much for clicking on another episode link and checking out the podcast. Today's episode is with my good buddy Thomas Zario, fellow comedian. He spent three weeks in Cuba. I say that like he spent three weeks in Guantanamo Bay, uh, but he do, did go to the province of Guantanamo in Cuba. But the point being, he uh, was visiting family in Cuba for three weeks and had a lot of interesting experiences. And I wanted to sit down and chat with him about how it's like living in the communist state that is Cuba. That was a lot of fun chatting with him. Hope you guys enjoyed too. If you guys like the podcast, please share it with the people you think may also like it. And uh, here it is. Abra talks to Thomas Zario. And we are recording Thomas Zorio straight out of Cuba. He has brought in the communist variant of the coronavirus into the building right now. Actually, the original coronavirus was the communist variant of the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, how are you doing, buddy? Good to see you, man. Yeah, man. Good to see you, too. I'm glad to be back in the U.S. Uh, that, was, that, was a, that was a wild three weeks out yeah, there. Yeah, so to set it up, yes, Thomas Zorio was in uh, Cuba. Uh, mm-hmm. the f- what it was the full name? I I like to say the full name. Is just Cuba, or is yeah. there like a well, yeah. federally the Cuba something oh, like that? No, no, no. But their military has that. No, oh, okay. their military is the far the uh, what is it? Uh, Federal Armada Revolucionarios. That's the those are the guys in the Federal Armada Revolucionarios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Federal. Armada Revolucionaria. The F is something like that. But yeah, anyway. F is fuck America. That's what the F is. <laughs> yeah, F is for fuck America right in the ass. The yeah. R stands for all the rest but of But yeah, it. ironically, where the fucking happens, we know, and we will talk about that. So Cuba, you, how was your trip, first of all? Um, it was great. It was... Let's it speak was, about the happy things. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the trip there and back were not... Um, it was good. I mean, I took a 1 a.m. flight out of Sky Harbor to Miami, layover, then to Cuba... Um, I'm not going to lie, landing there, I thought we were going to die because we were just flying through the forest. I didn't see any tarmac. I didn't see any tarmac. <laughs> I saw no tarmac until the very last second oh, when God. we touched down. Did you like uh, not feel like, uh, was that like uh, one of those little cocaine operations in, in Narcos <laughs> right in the middle of the forest and you just like... <laughs> crash right there was that barry seal you yeah, thought you like I, barry seal had the wheel yeah i was i mean you know the first red flag should have been like thank you for boarding pablo escobar airlines and i was like wait a minute this isn't american <laughs> i'm so confused yeah no it was i mean like the last time i went was like 14 years ago no. so the airport's like they've definitely cut some funding there i think i just oh yeah i was legit like oh we're gonna crash okay. not a lot of money going around so uh, <clears throat> so yeah so you're uh, so you you've been there once then but not uh, as a as a teenager yeah i went this is my fourth trip i went the first three times with my dad i was five years old 13 and 15 um and then i kept trying to go back but like you know, I just, I had like the stereotypical American jobs. It's like, you've only been working here two years. You can only take five days vacation. Like you okay. know, shit like that. All right. So I yeah. thought after you're back from Cuba, you, you're complaining about America. It's going to go down. <laughs> okay. Appreciate what you have, buddy. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I do. I do. I do. Okay. All right. So, so to, uh, to kind of like get to your background then, you know, and then we'll get into the, the, the trip and Cuba itself. How does the whitest man alive, you know, have a Cuban family? 
for those of you that can't see me, uh, just imagine Drew Carey with, with red hair. That's yeah, the no, best. No. Drew Carey with a weight problem, and that's saying something. You mean the original Drew Carey, not the one that sold out the, for the Price The original right. Drew Carey with a weight problem, yeah, and that's saying something. Whose line is it anyway, Drew Carey? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, uh, yeah, so basically... Okay, how do I summarize my background? Uh, my mother and father, the people that raised me, my mom was Mexican, my dad was Cuban. Uh, my dad was born there in like 1934, and he came about a year after the revolution. He bounced around Central America, like lived in uh, immigration camps, ate rotten chicken out of a crate, whole nine yards. Uh, and then he came to the US, and then they actually adopted me when I was a baby. So. My birth mom was from El Salvador, and my dad is probably Drew Carey. But both my parents still looked white as fuck. Oh, like, oh yeah. So, like, even uh, Hispanic, there's, there's uh, you know, white Hispanics. So, it's oh, just yeah. one of those deals. Yeah. If you Did you see the picture I uploaded with my uncle? He yes. was Yeah. He's, he looks white as fuck. My, my dad's family dates back to the Spanish Revolution there, like most Cubans. Right. Um, really, like, unless, like, there's not a lot of Cubans that don't have Spanish blood in them. But, like, a lot of my family came over from Spain originally, and they just kind of, like... You know that weird sociological thing where it's like not like for some reason if you introduce like a lot of races onto an island sometimes they'll just stay within their own communities. So yeah. it's kind of like that, yeah. Yeah, that is definitely true. Like of of no, yeah, any sort of a landmass, yeah. people people try to tend to kind of stick stick with their own yeah. for whatever reasons. There may be evolutionary reasons and, yeah. and whatnot, but yeah, that does happen. So so your mom El Salvador and you your dad you said was just just white was he american was anybody american here <laughs> nobody seems <laughs> well i don't know yeah i was oh, actually okay. i was actually adopted when i was four months old so like i was raised with those parents speaking spanish i didn't know i was adopted till i was seven years old but um Holy yeah shit. but i mean i was like raised speaking spanish with my parents my dad took me there when i was five like i said uh i would travel back and forth from arizona to mexico and like i think like maybe i would have caught on to something if my parents were like dark skinned latinos yeah. but they yeah both my parents look like the typical like american family <laughs> right 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 <laughs> they're like yeah none like of baby. that dark skin scum <laughs> that's not really american <laughs> look like none the good old brown american latinos none of them none of them brown people none of yeah, them non americans so, so you got uh, so you're living here, uh, born and raised Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and raised. I'm 29 now, uh, almost 30. So 30 hey, years in Phoenix. Well, that, I'm almost 30. Two old fucks just sitting here doing a podcast. You are way more successful than me. Uh, <laughs> success is very relative, my friend. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. So you have uh, American citizenship. You, you're successful oh, yeah. to me. So. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, my family I, was the opposite way. By the way, they were like. They were like, why don't you get your Cuban citizenship? Why don't I'm like, because if I'm in trouble, yeah. I can't go to the U I'm a bitch. Like, I'm going to run to the U.S. Embassy. I'm not fucking around here. What, what is that? Like, why don't you get your Cuban citizenship? It's like saying, oh, you're having this nice lasagna. Why don't you eat some shit that's over there? <laughs> <laughs> no, no offense to my Cuban brothers and sisters, but it's just a, it's just the country. And, and, and we know the issues. So, all right. Huh. So what the fuck is Cuba and why is it the way that it is? And I'm going right. back to so the history. Let's let's do a little historical rundown. You know, my understanding is there was the 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 liberal, the neoliberal Cuba of the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. where Cuba Havana was basically Vegas on the beach. Yeah. Right. And then the revolution happened, and then we are here. So uh, and you've said you've 
obviously have a keen interest in it because you, you know you have a sense of belonging there so if you could kind of just do a, a rundown of what uh, you know cuba happened ever since like say the uh, discovery of the new world kind of take it from there yeah yeah so i mean just to clarify you said i have a sense of belonging let's be clear i have a sense of visitation not belonging anymore <laughs> okay. i am not shitting on a toilet right. without a toilet seat anymore right. i'm okay. done with that so it's like a conjugal visit yeah, you just want to show up you don't want to like stay in prison yeah cuba's like when are you coming back and i just ghost the text you know uh, that's okay. kind of what i do <laughs> so yeah basically this is like a very simplified uh, understanding and i'm gonna uh preface it by saying like i'm an american born so my story might be different let's from do it born. like see this this yeah. is a problem dude why does it why does where you were born like like impact how much knowledge you have you may not have like perspective of people yeah. who are there but you can have like academic or general political <clears throat> knowledge but anyway so go yeah. on thomas or so kind of like what you were touching on the whole like havana being the vegas back in the day um that caused like from my understanding that was a pretty good part of the economy and that got to the old leaders head batista and the guy started being super tyrannical and at the time the cuban citizens were like there's got to be something better than this because there was like rampant abuse of power, rampant abuse of like government, uh, like overreaching into private citizens' lives. And then that's around the time that uh, I think it was Castro was born there. Saw everything going on. He went to study in Central America, bounced a little bit in America. And that's where he met uh, Guevara, Che Guevara. Yeah. yeah, that was around the time that, the, that Che was like trying to unite um, all the, you know, all of Latin America, which backfired horribly. They ended up... Uh, they ended up banding together and creating a small revolutionary group, went to Cuba, attempted to make a coup. 80% of their people got wiped out. 80%. Yeah. 80% of the people that came in got wiped out during the coup yeah. and they were like, fuck. They went, they hid in the woods and over the next six months, they'd send out scouts and like spread word of like the rebellion, spread word about the coup. And they kept recruiting people into the woods. Like they kept having to make new tents. And now, now if you go on the tourist visa, which you can apply for as an American, uh, that's one of the spots they take you to. Like they actually kept the tents there and they're like, this was the birthplace of the revolution. Mm. Um, and it was like it was like a weird the second attempt because i don't know this is everything i read and i haven't looked too deep into it but after they announced they were going to try a second coup batista just stepped down and he exiled mm. himself to spain and that's smart where he died man smart man <laughs> right why would you yeah why would you bother if like you know there's this other person he's a charismatic like auditor speaker he's got everybody riled up yeah he's yeah. a really he was a really good speaker honestly yeah. watching watching him growing up and finding old footage of him he i think like most good leaders m most good leader most good dictators i mean most people that can win the hearts of a public they have to be good yeah. public speakers you got to be a dick to be a dictator you know yeah. you have to be like really <laughs> and then there's donald trump but <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, he in his in his own right i mean obviously the is a problematic person but in his own right he knows how to hold a crowd and all of that yeah know, whatever his target crowd is so so there's Not there's enough. that commonality always there if you can't really speak if you're just like uh, stumbling over on uh, on stage and and just say saying words written on a piece of paper that's not gonna like you know get many many people's emotions going right? yeah I so mean, so yeah like sorry go on no i mean i mean you and i both know that it's about it, there's a lot of things when you're talking to people that can reel them in it's more than just what you have written down right right yeah just uh and that's why if you like look at old footage of Mussolini, right? Uh, and I was seeing this piece on Mussolini. And if you look at it now, in hindsight, it looks comical. 
it looks so comical like because he's doing these exaggerated gestures and that's the stereotype italians have the exaggerated <laughs> gesture but he took that and he ran with it and his like gestures were like next level right he's like moving his hands around waving it around pounding the desk and and it is it almost looks ridiculous but what the the experts there were saying is it looks silly now but back then like you know to the italian population of the 1930s 1940s that was the shit <laughs> you know yeah let's just let me shut off the ac here oh look at you fancy having an app on your phone to control the ac yeah the the only app we have in cuba to control the ac is my cousin named up and then we just like turn off the ac he's like okay all right so okay so <laughs> so we are back so we're talking about you know kind of walking through cuba here so to take it back a little bit and this may get a little hazy because of our you know collective understanding here so all so fucking columbus and all these other guys all these europeans came over to uh to the new world and they they came into the the they found these caribbean islands and they're like starting to figure out what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. and then started populating these places and then they also see uh, they find cuba which is you know island but a bigger landmass would you, would you consider cuba as the caribbean yeah yes and no it's kind of like the debate where like latin americans call themselves hispanic but then Brazilians don't call themselves Hispanic. It's like, uh, for yeah, me, it's, uh, it's for, I just think it's pretty much all in common because it's like what? It's like a 45-minute plane ride to Puerto Rico from there. Like, it's right. not, yeah, like, it's not. Yeah, I, I call it the Caribbean sometimes because, like, I'm white. I just, I'm tired of explaining what I am. Yeah. Like, and then I just, oh, yeah, my dad was, like, Caribbean, so I know how to do this. And they're oh, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, man, somebody yeah. hit you with that. Yeah, they're like, your dad was black, and I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> That's I'm go. like this. So, yeah, you're explain. doing yourself disservice I by know, saying I'm that. Just, yeah, because then I tell people I'm Cuban, and they're like, oh, my God like you must hate communism i'm like this is walmart i don't want to like have this conversation yeah. right now. this is the uh, this is the opposite of communism right here so <laughs> i i am here i am voting with my actions so let me be <laughs> as the vegans would say we're voting with our dollar yeah, yeah i mean that's that's how economies work right you know you you buy a certain thing and that thing is in demand and people have to make more of it but but anyway so this so again how did you get to batista that's so just like very briefly how did we get to batista did spain uh so spain colonize uh you know cuba for a, a good num- amount of time and was there like a, a first revolution to get to batista yeah basically so like batista the time frame from the revolution of batista was about 40 years so my memories so my history is a little hazy in that 40 years from like the 20 ish 20s ish to about the 60s um really late 50s but yeah essentially you know like like you said columbus found the new world and then uh, a bunch of crazy places started like going over there and colonizing spain and portugal being some of the most famous ones because that's how we ended up in latin america uh essentially uh cuba was under spanish rule and that led to a lot of like you know native cubans having all their stuff taken away that led to a lot of like uh spaniards basically having uh mixed cuban families out there and they were very unhappy with the rule uh, because essentially like that led to a lot of oppression among the people and kind of like what you see a lot in history. Like, what is it? After the Americas were founded, there was like some weird stuff where we still had to pay taxes to England, even though this was like a whole different country or whatever. Yeah. If, it, if it's a colony, yeah, you got yeah, to pay the it. queen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have to pay like taxes to the, you know, to like the main. That's country. where the American Revolution started, like basically taxes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So essentially that's basically what was, they were like, well, we're paying you and this is the, you know, this is just like what I've skimmed over, but yeah. you know, they were just, they wanted to be their own nation. They didn't want to be under the rule of uh, Spain. So that's when there's a lot of like Cuban uh, revolutionaries that you read about in Cuba. And the main ones that everybody knows about is like Jose Marti and Maximo Gomez. And um, they essentially founded it. That kind of led to the Spanish-American War. And the shady thing about that is that there's a lot of yellow journalism in there. Because uh, Jose Marti, he studied in New York. Uh, I think it was New York University. Uh, right before it. And it was him and a bunch of other Cuban-borns like just making up stories between the king of spain and the president of the u.s and yeah like this is real like they were publishing this they were pushing to have these stories published to invoke the president to get involved which he did which is mm. where the rough riders came in right who was this who was the president oh god uh yeah if you don't remember that's, that's yeah funny. that i don't remember but this was the old war. white guy number 18 whatever right? <laughs> yeah guy number 18 but this was the war that involved teddy roosevelt and the rough riders so it was that whole thing going on. So, that was so. Hmm. What happened? So Spanish-American War. So what was the object here? What landmass was in contention? Contest, yeah. So essentially, what being contested. So essentially, based on how the war came out, you can assume that America got in to kind of have somewhat of a foothold in Cuba, mm. um, because you know then America comes in. They like battled with the Spanish fleet. They end up signing a peace treaty after all that, and this is like after American troops are on Cuban soil fighting Spanish troops, and this was like you know back in the day when like it was just like straight out machetes and horses and all that shit. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's actually jose <laughs> marti that's how he died he had a he had a quote that was uh uh don't bury me in the darkness as if i were a traitor no how's it in spanish it's no me entierro en lo oscuro como si fuera un traidor yo soy bueno y, y yo soy bueno y yo soy bueno y muerto bueno de cara al sol yeah that's right the quote goes don't bury me in the darkness as if i were a traitor i am a great man bury me with my bury me facing the sun and uh during that revolution mm -hmm. he was up against another like uh spanish general they go on horses and they strike each other and he gets killed and he like dies face up and then they bury him oh. uh and then they found out who he was and they're like fuck so they had to exhume the body <laughs> and oh, over to cuban nationals yeah but so, um oh yeah i actually visited his birth house there anyways sorry uh no I, no I, this is interesting so so jose martini mm -hmm. is that the name yeah uh, jose marti because people jose are gonna be marti. like he's not saying things with an accent uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like look at me i'm like mixing multiple things here when i say jose marti so uh, no it's, it's normally you hear martin or martin uh, but his name is just jose marti with an with an accent over the eye marti yeah, all marti. right so he so what who was he sorry i kind of like kind of did not completely grasp that so yeah. he was on the american side no 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 he was on cuba side he was on cuba He's side just Cuban. Okay. for the revolution his uh base his family had a good amount of money and you can assume because like they paid for him to like go to university of havana they and paid for NYU. him yeah ba yeah basically nyu um my and again this book is a little biased because my sister bought it for me in cuba and i read it to my dad um but this book i i read about his upbringing he was a crazy ass revolutionary so not only was he kind of fighting for the politics of cuba but he was also a poet like you can buy a book of his own poems that talk about like the beauty of cuba and like 
Um, there was, I'm trying to remember, he had a daughter and then a majority of the poems about beauty were dedicated to his daughter, which were pretty cool. I, th- I want to say it's his daughter. Um, but the guy kind of did everything. Like when he was in university, he studied French, German, he studied Italian. Um, he kind of saw the oppression that Spain was going on, which is why he went to America to like kind of, I think he was trying to study politics more in New York to kind of get on the side of things. The revolution started like coming up. And then like, that's when that story I talked about with a bunch of Cuban nationals, they knew he was in America. They kind of went to find him and they're like, yo, we need your help to try to like, you know, get rid of the Spanish influence. And then they came up with the idea of, uh, of like all the yellow journalism, like I talked about. Like, I think at one point they falsified a letter from the king of Spain talking shit about the U.S. president. Wow. The, yeah, it, it was wild. Like, if you look up the Spanish-American War, a huge part of it is going to be about yellow journalism. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so basically, so going back to who he was, uh, he's literally the most famous person in Cuban history. Come on, not Castro? No, like even, no, he's so famous, Castro dropped $500 million to build a... To build a, uh, to basically build a monument to him in Havana. Mm. Meanwhile, the streets are still pieces of shit. But this monument is the best thing. I will, I will send you pictures that I took. The thing is huge. The thing yeah. is fucking massive. Yeah. Like anywhere you go, there's always statues, busts, quote of this, quotes of this guy. Right. Um, and he's pretty famous in general Latin American history. Uh, that quote I did, the the sunshine yeah. and the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. He also had another saying where it was like, es mejor morir a pie que vivir arrodeado, which means it's better to die on your feet than to live life on your knees. And mm. that was in response to the Spanish Revolution because people were like afraid of fighting. That, like, that one may be plagiarized. I've seen that one go around well, a little Well, yeah, bit. that's the thing. There's another Mexican revolutionary, Miguel Zapata, that had one that sounded almost the same. But yeah, I, it's, I, it's on the lines of uh, better to live one day as a lion than a uh, hundred, hundred years as a sheep, something. like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. One day as a lion. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty famous one in the heart, like in the midst of revolutions. But um, yeah, my dad told me all about him. So when I went there, it's funny because I think a lot of Americans go there. They don't know who he is. But I was looking at like the Havana tour guide sheet. And it said like like Jose Marti's birthplace, and I was like, okay, we got to go there today. This is pretty right. cool. But yeah, essentially, he was a very famous like revolutionary and poet, and he kind of fought for the side of Cuba during the revolution. He helped recruit people. Um, I think he ended up making some international deals with Venezuela and maybe Panama at the time. I remember seeing something about that in the museum right, right. when I went to go visit. But I mean, yeah, if you ask any any Cuban, um, any first off. If you go to school there, if you go through the Cuban education system, you're forced to learn his poems. Like you have to, yeah, you have to learn his oh poems. God. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like any other, uh, any other schooling system. There is a curriculum, and you are mm-hmm. forced to learn whatever you're forced to learn. So, so, so that makes sense. This was the Spanish-American War. So this was while Spain had mm-hmm. you know, a hold of Cuba, and yeah. presumably now the Spanish have uh, been pushed back, right? Mm-hmm. So then, like, what Batista is uh, instated at that point. Is he, uh, so no, who that, is Batista? No, like uh, Batista was like maybe like the fourth ruler after the Spanish-American War. Mm. But yeah, basically after it ended, um, the U.S. decided to have talks with Spain and Cuba was not invited. They were they were going to have talks with as, Spain. As, as one does. That's, yeah. that's classic always like yeah. two, like, you know, two colonizing powers trying to, you know, <laughs> figure out the destiny of the, of the colonizers, the lesser beings. And they they 
the actual country whose whose shit it is is not even considered or considered to a lesser degree yeah exactly and uh so there was like basically like a like a board meeting with spain and the u.s and cuba was not invited to the talks and they agreed i think that's because that war is how we ended up with Guantanamo bay because spain was like cuba can have their own thing and the u.s is like well we lost the people and we have these resources so we need something in return so Spain and the U.S. agreed on having Guantanamo Bay, which is the only place in Cuba that has a McDonald's. But anyway, right. So is it Cuba technically? It's technically U.S. territory. Right. So it is close to Cuba, but it is U.S. territory. No, no, no. Guantanamo Bay is in Cuba. Like the actual Guantanamo Bay is Guantanamo. Oh, yeah, the actual uh, they don't have states there. They have provinces, which confuses the shit out of me. But I was trying to like they were trying to explain what a providence is. To me, it's uh, called uh, Provincia, and I thought it was a state, but here's the thing. Kind of like a state, like Canada has provinces, right? Yeah, sort of, but here's the thing. So it's like, well, then again, that never mind. I was going to say it doesn't make sense, but I was going to use this example because um, I, flew in, I flew into Havana Airport, and I went to my uncle's house an hour away in Artemisa, and they were telling me Artemisa is part of Havana, and what's up? Can you not hear me in that? No, no, I... I couldn't hear you out of the one can but okay. i think it's fine yeah but they were like so artemisa is part of havana yeah um but you know it's still like its own thing and i was like that doesn't make sense but then i realized flagstaff is still part of arizona but just not phoenix because it's two hours away yeah yeah but it yeah it's it's kind so of it's like a state i think roughly yeah. very like 90 percent it's just like a state yeah 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 basically <clears throat> so so guantanamo is is like uh is an a province almost in, yeah, in Cuba. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And, and there's like a little bay at the end that the U.S. has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, That's got to be a pretty problematic DMZ, right? No, no, no. It's not even... So it's not even that the bay they own. They own that whole thing before it. Like, I thought it was just the bay until I looked at the area. Because I was curious. Because I wanted to go to Guantanamo. I thought you could... Because it's the bay of Guantanamo. I, um, I have a, a nice quick plan for you if you want to visit Guantanamo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, one I way just, ticket, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted just to like take a picture in front of the only McDonald's in Cuba or whatever. But um, so it's the Bay of Guantanamo, but the whole air. I think I looked at it. It's maybe like sixty kilometers or something that they yeah. own. But um, look at you with your fancy metric, dude. That was the second hardest part of that trip was getting adjusted to the metric system. Really, again. isn't that hard? It's like you know, it's a slight <laughs> conversion. You know, I've I grew up in metric, never spoken miles or pounds, and I got here. I'm like, all right. Takes yeah. a second, but no, yeah, miles and pounds is bullshit. But metric is way easier to measure. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, sure. but what was I gonna say? So the, 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 yeah, the I don't know if there's a DMZ zone. I didn't look into that, but honestly, it's probably not bad because the Cuban culture. It's like here's the thing: you can walk there on at the street two in the morning. You don't have to worry about shit because their actual their violent crime rate is extremely low. Hmm. It might have something to do with the fact that guns are completely banned unless you're in the military or you do your mandatory two-year military s- service at 17. Hmm. But um, yeah, it's honestly a pretty safe. The worst thing that'll happen is like maybe if you're not watching your stuff, shit will get stolen or they might scam you out of something, um, which happens to me like every time I go there. I always get overcharged on like one or two things. Um, but... 
overall, it's you know, it's it's not going to be like the same DMZ between North and South Korea. Right. Yeah, there's no. not people waiting to like pull you onto their side. or Because if you try to fuck with an American over there, you're probably dead. <laughs> yeah, that will be a problem. Yeah. So, okay, so America's got this nice chunk and there's no democracy. So they just set up like a ruler and then there's a series of rulers. Yeah, That's right. strange. How wouldn't like America push? Like that's, the, that's, whole, that's America's deal, right? Yeah, to uh, you know, it's to been bring their deal for like 110 years. Yeah, or some to bring shit. democracy to places, and so didn't they bring democracy to Cuba right at that juncture? They, yeah, I think they were trying to, which is how we ended up with Batista. There was also part of the whole revolution with Castro coming in was uh, Che Guevara painted a bad picture because you know the U.S. had a lot of uh, business interests in there. They had a lot of business ventures in Cuba at the in time Cuba, before yeah. the revolution. Before like the, what? Uh, from what I understand, they owned some of the casinos in Havana. They own some of the land that Cuba was using to produce sugar. And then, sugar, okay, you know, you rum go. is a byproduct of processing sugar. So they had some business ventures there. A lot of it was more agriculturally based. And the whole purpose of the revolution, the whole thing that Che Guevara was kind of pushing was like, we need to give this land back to our people. This is our people's land. There's no need for a foreign government to be involved. It was stuff like that. And that's how yeah. they pushed it. And now people don't have fucking water pressure. So right. that's a good revolution. That's right. what a good revolution is. Yeah. Is you can't buy a, a good revolution. Band-aid. Yeah. It makes it harder for you to shower 60 <laughs> years later. Oh, God. Oh, I love my family. I don't know. I don't know if you have family like I don't know if you have family like this where you're from a bra, but like I just the the one th- I told my family I was thinking about living there for a year. And I'm glad I took this three-week trip because now I know oh. I never want to live there. I ne- I can't do it. I it's just the bathrooms are so wild in terms of like quality. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like my sister. I went to use her bathroom, and then I was like, "Oh, the, the the plumbing's broken." And then I realized there's not. This doesn't have anything for water to come through. And then I looked at the shower. There's no shower head, but just like a spigot. And so, yeah, you know where this is going. I ended up having to like flush with the bucket of water. <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't even work because you need inward suction. Like that, like almost like oh no, it no, would no. barely it, work. No, no, it actually did work. You just have to fill the bucket. It's like a fucking seven gallon bucket or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a huge bucket. But <laughs> okay, yeah, so, it's rough. So, uh, so that's that was a point of contention. So, so we we are like in in terms of timeline, we are at Batista, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Batista. So now it was supposed to be a democracy or not even supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, the U.S. kind of like intervened to kind of help with that because, um, you know, it was more of like an oligarchy at the time with Spain, right? Um, and so slowly over the years, you kind of saw the democracy coming in, but then like basically my my history gets shady up until batista but from my understanding batista kind of started like exerting way too much power over everything right 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 so he he got a taste of 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 power and he's probably making a lot of money yeah uh, that's pretty much a lot of hookers from from the (laughs) casino culture right probably i mean not as much as castro but probably (laughs) he dude they don't know how many kids he has yeah they've already confirmed 11 and they think there's more yeah i'm sure there's like more but um, I'm sure he put on a rubber a couple of times. <laughs> I don't know where he'd find they, the time why, to why, fuck either. Yeah, no, why would he put on a rubber? He'd just fuck the woman and have her like you know whacked. That'd be his <laughs> contraception, right? I thought you said whapped. It's yeah, like, whapped what, he fucks her whapped and then make, makes her more. She, uh, she's dog. whapped and then she's <laughs> whacked. <laughs> right? That's awful. I, um, I, yeah, he's like. <laughs> the moral dilemma of abortion and contraception. How about we just kill the woman? <laughs> How about that? 
can we can can I get a hallelujah uh, for that? But yeah, I mean, it, it seems like Batista took over and he just started exerting too much power. Cuban people were sick of it. Chang Castro came in and promised a new way, and they got fucked, and they the whole country got fucked real bad. Right. So, I mean, it was it's interesting out there because like it really feels like it feels like when you pretty much as soon as you touch down, you flew through a wormhole and you somehow ended up 40 years in the past because you still see like, you know, 57 Chevys and shit. And like, if you don't see that, it really like somebody asked me, what is Cuba? Like you said at the beginning and my only response was dystopian steampunk Florida. Yeah. That's the only way to describe it because you're seeing like, you're seeing like, fully refurbished 57 Chevys and then you're seeing like Russian cars, Russian four doors with like actual like Russian letters on the back. Like my uncle's uh like my uncle's room that I was staying in, he had a fan and an air conditioning on opposite sides of the room. They both the brand name was written in full Russian. No. Oh, but wow. then like you'll see people's medicine packets that they buy from other tourists and it says like Walmart on it and it's Yeah. It's the weird it it really like it's dystopian for sure. Yeah, Cuba yeah. It's Mad Max Key West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically Mad Max Key West version. Yeah, it's, because I was at uh, I was in Key West like you know uh, last month, and it's nice and all, but like just that that tropical climate that's not fun, man. We got like all these like weird insect bites and shit and like all of that, and it's it, it's fun. You like the beach. The vibe is very chill. It's 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 real nice, mm-hmm. uh, but. It's just that that climate is a problem without like that climate good, is rough. Yeah, yeah, without like good amenities, you know that yeah. that consumer capitalism brings to the table. Oh, it's you, a problem. Yeah, like I told you before the podcast, dude. Um, so my dad had this thing that I kind of carried over because uh, I realized it's kind of handy. I'm hoping I can teach people listening to this podcast one thing. He always brought band aids in his wallet, like maybe one or two, and uh, so I had. I've been I, I was walking around a couple of years with like four band-aids in my wallet just in case. That trip, I was there for three fucking weeks abroad. I traveled about seven hundred kilometers and went to three different towns. All right. I had those four band-aids I saw were the only four fucking band-aids I saw in that country. Wow. Those were the only I was like walking around with gold in my pocket. Cause like I you know, cause like those bug bites you mentioned, there's that like species of bug out there that bites you but it doesn't draw blood. It just bites you to bites you. And they're not bed bugs, by the way. But I was, I had it real bad on my foot and I scratched so hard. I'd like scratch. Yeah. Myself yeah. You raw. may. Yeah. You fucking, yeah. you look like a tweaker with those wounds. Right. <laughs> so I was like, Hey aunt, do I have any, um, do we have any band-aids? She's like, the fuck are you talking about? I was like, what dude? I went to four pharmacies and I just not to find band-aids, but like every time I went, I was like, do you guys have any band-aids? Like they're like, no, we don't, we don't know when we're going to get any. Right. Like it's so dude, you're right. That climate would be fine if you had amenities, but they don't, there was no fucking, I couldn't find bug spray because I was going to a, uh, I was going to a, uh, to another beach town where mosquitoes are more prevalent. I, there was just like, you know, Verdero. Is that the beach town? Uh, that's one of the beach towns. So Varadero is a beach town that actually has more money coming to it. Like, it's it's wild like i drove in and i i remember that beach town from when i was a kid but they're making like more hotels now a shit ton of more ho- they're making like three more hotels right at the entrance um yeah that one has a lot of canadian and german tourists it was really weird walking through it and like hearing like english being spoken for the first time in like yeah, two yeah. weeks um that one is where my brother lives and only my brother base my brother and his wife and their kids but um he moved there years ago and then he 
he basically made a good living on the black market. And by the way, for those of you listening, when I say black market, I mean any consumer good that we have here. <laughs> my, my brother literally made a fortune selling, selling bandages. No, selling plates <laughs> of spaghetti to tourists on the beach. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was wild. Like that was he had a catering business essentially. Okay, so uh, so yeah, so what we're talking about um, mm-hmm. is, uh, and we are jumping around a little bit here, but oh, this yeah. is all very interesting stuff. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a fucking crazy world. So. Mad Max Key West and all of that. <laughs> Dystopian <laughs> steampunk Florida. Steampunk yeah. Florida. So, Ian, how did we get here? So, so the, the promise of the revolution was, no, America wants, I don't know, fucking to process sugar here. Yeah, uh, yeah, So yeah. we don't want them let in. And why why is everybody listening, listening to this, like, fucking, you know, I don't know, this doctor from from uh chile or argentina wherever he was from probably oh, argentina yeah right? per, uh che Guevara was from argentina yeah, yeah so this is argentinian and i've like i didn't read his book but i saw the movie they made on a very well-made movie i think it's called motorcycle diaries right yeah that one's a little biased biased towards shay well the thing is to che Guevara is a very dividing person not just among cubans but among but among latin americans and here's why um, there's a book called, and this book is also super biased, but whatever. Yeah. There's I a think book every called, book more or less is going to take a stance. Yeah. There's a book called Che Guevara and the idiots that worship him. And the guy that wrote this book, I think, was, uh, I wonder what his stance is. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy I think was an American Cuban, um, like me, like, um, and he looked into it and he has all his sources in the back of the book, but it turns out that the motorcycle diaries was based off several books of Che Guevara that were released from the Cuban library. Mm. But the Cuban library, this is after the revolution. Any book that had been submitted to the Cuban library after the, after the revolution had to have been approved by Castro himself. Yeah. So course. there is reason to believe that a lot of that shit oh, was yeah. doctored for his people. Right, right. I know. I, I take all of that with a grain of salt. But yeah. as far as the movie goes, the movie was well mm-hmm. made. And so the story of Che Guevara, if, if uh, people are not completely aware, the, the TLDR is uh, he was a doctor uh, from Argentina. He had, you know, he had a decent life, but he had, you know, basically midlife crisis. So he's like, oh, I should do a road trip. How about that? And his buddy jumps on uh, on on a motorcycle. I think it was like an old Indian. I don't know what what motorcycle it was. But so they start driving around doing this road trip across uh, South America and he stumbles across poverty. It's like, you know, the story of the Buddha. Like, I think that's what he was kind of trying to parallel. Oh, himself yeah, with. because his family was rich Europeans. That's what it was. Right. Yeah, people. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to acknowledge this, but he was actually like half Irish or something. Right. Yeah, and that's yeah. where the 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 whole like the the white guilt or whatever is his original manifestation <laughs> of white guilt, right? <laughs> his white Argentinian guilt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he goes and looks at these native populations, and they have I don't know leprosy, and they have mm-hmm. all these other diseases because you know they are living in in small communities again, like kind of distance from society. And he looks at them and they go through this in the movie where he has these epiphanies and now he wants to change the world and he wants to be the vehicle of change in the world. Yeah. And that's that's just him with his whole thing. Now he's just like, he's a hammer out there looking for a nail. That's what he was. Yeah. Uh, how, how I see it. So he meets up with Castro and like, you know, then he look, he builds this rhetoric of America's trying to exploit Cuba and maybe America was trying to exploit Cuba, but... Uh, no, whatever that word exploitation means, you know, they were trying to do business with Cuba and maybe they would have fucked them over in a few deals here, here and there. But yeah, I'm sure they would a, have been better off like that. There's a weird divide between Fidel and Che from everything I've read because it really, they were in on it together, but 
it's it's weird to see them have gone from like that original mission from everything that's been everything that's been written it seems like there is some some consistency that they had something in their hearts for the island of cuba and then it just went to a shit show real fucking fast and then two there's there's rumors that castro was kind of fed up with che to begin with like that boat ride i talked about after they met in latin america and went to cuba with their with the with the whole army that they gathered yeah there was talks that like che was like sick and like vomiting blood on the boat and Ka- and they went to Castro and they were like, "Hey, your friend's sick." He's like, "Well, fucking toss him overboard." Like, yeah, yeah. There were talks about that. Yeah, and, and and definitely when when a revolution or any any organization, any group, kind of has two leaders, it's a problem, you know. True. Yeah, yeah. you you need like that one leader, or there, there there's going to be problems. So Castro was kind of the one leader, but Che was he was also charismatic. Yeah. Uh, in that sense, but so did people really like. Uh, respect che like the oh, revolution yeah. obviously had the the public behind them mm-hmm. because that it's not that hard like you know trump has you know the, the public behind him right the public and the mentally ill but continue please <laughs> yeah so like that trump could rile up you know americans 70 million of them to to vote for him one and like a good you know thousand of them to storm the capitol building right yeah so it's it's you with rhetoric you can get people you can you know because people have all these other emotional baggages and their backgrounds you know that you can work with yeah you're not starting from scratch you're just whatever you say just has to be a function of what people are already going through so probably with batista there was there were issues and exploitation that people have gone through so you work with them and everybody that's classic like even like a jihadi organization you know some guys like you know brother was or father was killed in like like an american drone strike they just yeah. take use that as the leverage point and and work with that narrative and that will work every single time right so it's sad that's, yeah that's how it works yeah right yeah. So, th- so they did that people are behind them and now you know batista ran away you know yep now castro has uh has Cuba essentially, yeah. and Castro ideologically enamored with with communism, Karl Marx, and well, uh, that was the weird thing is that that was the so you can find interviews of him saying this in English, but there, there's the most famous one where he's in the U.S. after the revolution, and he's like, "Hey, um, their interviews are asking him. They're like, uh, there's been rumors that you're communist. Would you say that you're communist?" And he's like, "Only time will tell what I am," wow. and then and then. So this is basically what had happened. And like, by the way, if anybody listens to this and I'm do and I'm saying anything incorrectly, please correct me in the comments and uh, I will delete them. But um, yeah, if, if so, this is my understanding of everything. In about 59 is when they hit the island. In about 60 is when 1960 is when they fully took over. It could be 59 or 60. But uh, and then a month, literally a month after everything, that's when Castro came out as communist. And a lot of Cubans freaked the fuck out. Really? The, there was no communist rhetoric during the revolution? Like zero? Like literally there nothing? There was hints of it. So, like I said, my dad was born in 34. So he was there on the island. He he remembers uh, he remembers Batista. He wasn't there for the revolution. But uh, my name came from his grandfather. So my great-grandfather, uh what name his name was Tomas so like he was like a Spanish uh he was one of like the Spanish uh one of the Spanish nationals that stayed on the island after the revolution I guess the the first one we talked about in the uh, at the turn of the 1920th century so and 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 I actually talked to other Cubans born here who confirmed this too 
even during the time of the revolution, people were uneasy with Castro because they were like, this just can't happen. And that's, I think that's a normal response to be like, this dude wants to change things. He wants to take over and help us. There, you know, we're a little apprehensive here. And my dad felt that the whole fucking time. The whole, the first time he came in and his troops got wiped out from when he was sending people out in the streets to recruit. My dad knew that that was probably not a good thing. And apparently a lot of Cubans didn't either. A lot of Cubans were like, this is, there is something bad about to fucking go down here. This is not going to be a good paradigm shift. And uh, the month that Castro announced uh, that he was communist, my dad went to the Spanish embassy and hid there. He was like, yeah, uh, the way my dad got into this country is not, you, you, if you know anything about Cuban authors, you might find his story in one guy's book I found out, but I'm trying to dig it up. Essentially, he went to an embassy and as he told me, like as he was in the embassy, he would still try to communicate with his kids, with his because his uh, his parents were taking care of his kids at the time. His plan was to leave for a few years, wait it out, send money to his family and come back. And he never fucking came back. <laughs> right, right, right. Because like or shit went he, south, right? Well, yeah, not in time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we have time to get into it, but <clears throat> because of the embargo, my family didn't hear from my dad for 30 fucking years. No. I found that out. Yeah. Oh, so, it was wild. So, yeah. So Fidel kind of closet communist, essentially. Yeah. Right? And then he comes out and then he starts with this whole like him and like literally like months after they get in. I was reading about this last night. They did that act where they started like they basically told any foreign government that owned land to go fuck themselves. They like revoked all their uh, they like uh, revoked all their titles of land and everything. And then they started taking land from people as well. Right, right. And then they were like, well, farmers get 67 acres and like all this shit. Like, okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, let's take that. Let's go ahead from start from there then. So, mm-hmm. at that point, you know, Fidel Castro is just like sitting there trying to figure out, okay, how, how, how do we do this now? We have the country. What do we do now? Yeah. And so, I'm assuming there's like these philosophical leanings and his, his what he read and what he believed in his core basically was, you know, more you know communist leaning and mm-hmm. uh, you know that's uh, that's how he envisioned the country to be and that is a problem like you let one guy envision a country without checks and balances this is what you end up with right yeah so, 57 chevys yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so so he he's kind of trying to figure that out now the cold war as in full swing and yeah. then we don't, we don't want to get into too much of the details of the Cold War. Yeah, but essentially Cuba was communist. We didn't want to fuck with that. Yeah, Yeah, right. So yeah. so the the actual Cold War between US and Russia. So I did uh, uh, an episode on the Russian Revolution with, mm-hmm. with Mikhail Bolwinkel. And oh, you, nice. you guys should check that out. So that kind of speaks to <laughs> how the how the Cold War kind of started and where Russia yeah. was. Did he talk and, about how Che Guevara's kids studied with Lenin's kids at the KGB University? No, we didn't do that universe, crossover, <laughs> Marvel DC Universe crossover. <laughs> the marvel dc <laughs> anyways yeah, yeah yeah. so yeah so yeah that obviously that's a very that's an interesting nugget there but so we kind of walked through where the cold war started right yeah. and and so that's where the cold war was whole shit show, but yeah. now the, now people are taking sides you know and india took sides too India wow. sided with USSR because like the, the original like founding fathers, nobody calls them that, but the founding fathers of the Republic of India, very socialist leanings. Mm-hmm. So they're like, ah, uh, US or, or USSR and the United States had had Iran with them, right? And the 40s, Iran yeah. was, uh, was uh, the Shah was with the US. Um, Pakistan was with the US, the newly formed Pakistan, right? Afghanistan was the contested 
territory so like pakistan was very important to the the united states mm. so india is like man like you, you the us is backing pakistan so we got to pick the other guy and i ideologically like the leaders of of india at that point in time our first prime minister very socialist and he that comes from his british um, education too like a lot of these british uh, thinkers in the early 20th century had written have had a lot of these socialist leanings Hmm. and it kind of that's where he imbibes that and that's where india basically bought all their weaponry a lot of stuff they bought was from ussr and russia yeah yeah it's that dwindling i remember hearing now. about is yeah. like yeah that's like it's crazy what's left over from the ussr days because like that that forced military service i talked about in cuba all they use is ak's that's yeah. all they use yeah and you'll see armed guards just holding ak's out there in cuba yeah yeah of course But, yeah so now so the taking sides so that was the aside about india then so taking sides now cuba has the only person that they can you know be friends with is the ussr right yeah, because that's actually the reason why they were so far ahead for medical for medical research and medical treatment for decades was because the ussr was paying all their bills Because if the USSR is paying all this shit for like war, nuclear research, airheads and shit like that, paying stuff for a small little country like Cuba is next to nothing. Yeah. And then that's strategic importance of Cuba is going to be insurmountable, right? right? Yeah. It's, it's right there. That was the whole Bay of Pigs incident was them putting fucking nukes on the island. That way they can shoot to D.C. faster. That's what that's what right. So, so, so the Bay of Pigs is essentially USSR. Uh, uh that planting. one gets that one gets murky because the more i read into it the more it looks like we fucked up the more the more it looks like they did that in response there is this whole thing uh called operation ortsack which is where they are like the cube uh the united states got cuban refugees enlisted them in the army and trained them to take over the island and like 80 of them got wiped out And yeah, it was something crazy like that. I oh, actually, wow. no, 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 no. I don't think, I don't think 80% of them got white. I think a few of them died, but most of them made it back and Cuba got real fucking pissed off. And that's when they called the USSR. Yeah. Mm. And that's when that shit happened. That was, it sounds like that was on us. Um, I actually met a girl at an Ace Hardware whose dad was in on that operation. <laughs> you met yeah. a girl at an Ace Hardware whose dad was in on that operation. Yeah, What yeah, yeah. an American well, thing that yeah. was. Well, actually... <laughs> you was... met her right by the two by four. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was the cashier. My dad and I were talking. Uh, my dad had a way thicker uh, Cuban nice. accent. She was like, are you guys from Cuba? I was like, he is. She was like, wow. oh, I am too. Like, That's I'm interesting. Half. Yeah, but... I thought that was funny. Okay, so, so that is fucking insane. Dude. So, yeah. so basically the proxy war was happening in Cuba because hey, geography, right? <laughs> they're they're right there. So that makes sense to me. And and so like so the USSR was backing Cuba for for a lot of this and yeah. like this top down like trying to figure out how to run the country Dude, is a problem man like it's it's, it's an impossible have, task you have no idea how bad it got after the ussr collapsed after collapse castro got a team of architectures engineers and product designers on board they wrote a book i've been trying to find this fucking book for 15 years and i can't it, you can find a pdf of it online but it was basically a book that was how to fix shit at home with shit you already have at home like Holy it was like fuck. it was like oh oh uh your washing machine broke take out the engine and make it a motor oh uh you have hearing aids and you can't find batteries you can put a different transistor into a plug fashion it into from, a radio yeah basically like dude no it was like oh my god do you need to have your appendix removed uh open a tin can and use that to 
<laughs> performed surgery. Dude, that was the that's how bad it was. And then in the 90s, this weird famine hit, uh, like right after that whole collapse of the USSR, there's a famous uh, Cuban food called uh, bistec empanesado. It's basically uh, it's basically chicken fried steak. They didn't even have. And by the way, chicken fried steak. That's a southern thing, too. They use the shittiest cut of meat, right? They didn't even have meat. They ended up with a substitute called toronja empanesado, which is which is chicken fried grapefruit. They took grapefruit wow. rinds, breaded it, and fried it. That wow. country went to shit real fast. Wow. It was awful, yeah. yeah funny aside is vegans do that right now. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen a vegan that's the, video. <laughs> that's the... Seeing how these people live is how most hipsters and vegans try to live now. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> oh, God. So... <clears throat> I mean, yeah, that, that's a that's a different topic. All right, so <laughs> so chicken fried steak is basically like you don't have pork rinds. Yeah. How 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 about grapefruit rinds? Yeah, grapefruit rinds, basically. Wow. So yeah, yeah, so there is like this basic economic collapse with the collapse of USSR, and you don't you you're not doing any business with the United States, no, this big ass country, right over there, but. Are the trade embargoes like do they uh, extend to all the countries of the world? It's pretty so that's where it gets murky. But <sighs> because I, so what like, does Cuba produce? Like Cuba has sugar before it, before it was sugar and rum, and now China's beating everybody in terms of sugar production. Yeah, it, I think India's pretty up there too. Which yeah, it's they're not doing shit. I'll be honest, they don't have anything to. Yeah, because to you the need systems economy. in place where yeah. you can produce. You need I mean, a market to like incentivize people to build or build anything and you know produce sugar yeah and i'm not saying when i say market i'm not saying fucking like you know some feudal lord system but you need <laughs> a marketplace right regulate the marketplace but like no marketplace is where the problem comes in so anything else like that cuba like really you know uh, was was popular for over the years obviously uh, the cigars yeah but, but that's like such too. a select luxury product yeah cigar. cuba's always the number one country to they're the first country to send doctors to any war zone or any or any post-war zone, any country post-war zone. Yeah, that's not of economic or, value. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, and any country post-natural um, disaster. They're the first country to do that because right now they're really desperate to get any aid they can get. Oh, so, um, so they're kind of, this is their way of reciprocating. Uh, they, this is their way to get in good favor. They, right, they, right. Yeah, this is their way to try to get in good favor <clears throat> of any country. They're they're really so their their actual quality of medicine is higher than ours right now. Yeah. And I think it has to do with the fact that they don't try to kill the fucking med students trying to because <laughs> here to become a doctor, it's a fucking nightmare. You can be a doctor in Cuba for 20 years and basically have to start over for med school here. So, right. yeah, the U.S. has one of, like, the most stringent med schools. I mean, I could see why. I mean, yeah. you want to have, like, a very high standard for who a doctor is. But the and you need to be I... qualified because uh, I have a uh, you know, few, I want to say, friend, acquaintances who are doctors, who are doctors in India who moved here. They have to do a few things. Um, yeah, you have to retake the MCATs. Yeah. Uh, depending on the time you serve, you might not have to do fellowship, but you still have to pass all your Right, reports. yeah. So there's, like, a few things you have to do, but I, I'd say fair enough. Uh, yeah, like dealing with people's lives. Um, so, so how, what do you mean when you say the the you're saying the healthcare system in Cuba is better than it is in the United States? I find it a little hard to believe, but I'll keep an open mind <laughs> as you try to explain this. Yeah. So this information I got is maybe 
was found within the last decade. I want to say it was the World Health Organization, but it's one of those organizations that they have like they have like a tent pole in every country in the world. You know, they're kind of neutral and they gather all the information around the world. So I want to say that it was the WHO. But essentially, this was what I read a few years ago that they did like all, you know, they they conducted a study among what all 318 countries in the world and they found and I think it's based off of it might have been based off of satisfaction of the actual patients, but Cuba ranked higher than the U.S. in that regards. Okay, dude, I'm and I'm just gonna say this. Okay, it's, that's a very are you flaky. are you are you are you googling this? No, right no, now? I'm not googling. Uh, Jamie, Google. Come on. <laughs> Jamie, we need Jamie. you to Google. Jamie Vernon. No, man. So I, I'm really sorry, but that is, uh, that is very very weak evidence for anything all right yeah and i mean again the, but here's the thing it wasn't like america was like number five and cuba was number three like america was like number 112 and cuba was like 109 ah, okay like, there yeah. you go so yeah, see the metric here so the metric is the issue and and again this is not a healthcare uh discussion per se but yeah american healthcare very murky and very uh uh non-transparent no by design. i know because for my full-time job i'm a medical contractor for a health insurance company so right yeah the health insurance field out here is, is a fucking nightmare <laughs> yeah so it's it's the 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 problem i think and it's a very anti-market problem it's a, it's a pro-business very uh, a nice way to put it it's anti-health it. healthcare yeah so it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's anti-health. yeah healthcare is anti-health it's how I like to see it as it's it's anti-market but pro-business. Yep. So it's like, you know, kind of favoring the existing businesses, but it's not mm-hmm. creating enough transparency because... No. And I get it. It's harder to give quotes with something that's a medical procedure. But if you want to go out and buy socks, you can look at you know all the pricing mm-hmm. for all types of socks and you can take a week to buy those socks and you can get the best socks that you think, you know, suit you. But if you're trying to get a medical procedure done, it's all so just gray. You don't know and you can ask mm-hmm. and people like look at you crazy if you ask. And and I was like, I had like a surgery on my left uh, left arm here, left hand, uh, where they had to put in like two pins because it was like, you know, it was more broken than just like, a, it was not a clean break. So oh, had, they had to put in like rough. three pins to hold it together. And like each of those pins and it's just like, it was yep. in my hand. I saw those, it's like, one of those uh, paper clips, you know, basically untangled. That's a, that's what it was. And each one of them was like $150. Sounds about right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Why is it $150? Uh, so, so there's things like that. But if you have kidney failure right now, <laughs> there's a good chance, you know, somebody will show up here in the next three minutes and oh. bring you back. Oh, that reminds me. I, I was a makeshift ambulance one day. You were? Yeah, so I was who driving died? Who back. was about to die? So we went, we, so we try to go to Havana. We fill up the car with gas. My cousin's like, we need to go back home because I just, I spray, I accidentally sprayed a bunch of gas on my shorts and I was like, that's fine. We drive back and as soon as I go back to my uncle's house, the neighbors are like, come out, come out, come out. And like, I'm used to driving in like Nogales, Mexico. Yeah. And like, when people are doing that, you fucking run the other way. Uh, <laughs> you like back up, you know, you just like fucking back up or you run over them. You're like, fuck this. My cousin's like, no, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going. And like, come on, come on. And then like this lady was like having a fucking seizure. They like, her and her friends like just pulled her into the back car that I was renting. And then my cousin like directed me to the hospital so I could take her. She ended up being okay. But he was like, well, uh, you're having a very Cuban experience so far nah. and he was like you guys don't do that out there i was like take our friends to the er in our cars they were like he uh he was like yeah and i was like 
not really. We call ambulances. He's like, well, yeah, we do that. But like they say they're going to come and then the people die because yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're waiting like two hours for an ambulance. Yeah, man. Shit. So, so again, yeah, that's the thing. Obviously, American healthcare, there's issues, but, um, you know, you, you can basically get all the healthcare you want here, but I don't think that is true of Cuba. So no, you can. No. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. You can. It's just. Right now, because of the pandemic, it's really fucked. Like, like it's harder to find medicine now. It's really fucked now. Mm-hmm. I think they're, again, I, I'm not sure what that study was, but I think um, there's actually a lot, well, not a lot more advances, but I mean, they make Medicare or they, they make health care free, if not super mega cheap. There's actually a lot of Cuban borns that live here that go back to do surgeries when they get older because it's just easier for them. It's cheaper. And their doctors are held to the same standard as ours, too. They so, are? Okay. Yeah. They yeah. Are. And I, I guess that makes uh, a little bit of sense and uh, from point of view that when you're doing these top-down government, it's easier to catch the big ones. You're like, okay, education. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to like design all the schools and make sure they're right. Highest literacy rate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're like, okay, me- healthcare, you top-down design it, make it good. But then everything else that we take for granted just goes to shit oh. and military oh, so you just have the big chunks covered and everything else that that follows is just goes to shit so here's the thing with the military i literally found this out last night um when i was there it was hard for me i brought like 2500 dollars in cash with me because i remember that when i was because a kid because you're a baller yeah no just because i remember that when i was a kid when i went with my dad my dad always brought cash and he always talked about not having toilet paper so i brought cash and toilet paper my family was really impressed they're wow. like wow you brought toilet paper um yeah i had two rolls i gifted them to family so anyways um, what a nice gesture are you <laughs> oh dude it's a I, very heart touching moment dude, no right real there. talk i brought 400 dollars of like medicine and clothing and, and i just gave that all away this trip cost me like three grand maybe but <laughs> oh yeah i mean i went i went I, I know people gave me shit but here's the thing i went because i was gonna take this trip with my dad who gave you shit uh, <laughs> fuck i said the name already i'm fucked okay let um, me let yeah, me get that dump <laughs> Motherfucker, you're just making me do work. That's no, 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 it's fine. I don't care. So, you know, you don't have to edit it. I really uh, don't give a shit. But no, I mean, a lot of people. I give just edited for good man. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, like a, a a lot of people give you shit for traveling during the pandemic. But here's the thing: Cuba has a lower death rate, lower deaths per capita, and lower cases. Not not than just um in terms of proportions to the U.S., but in terms of the state of our fucking zona. It's a nightmare here. And the th- reason is, this is the only benefit of being a socialist government. People have to do shit. People are fighting here. People are throwing fits in Targets and Walmarts. People are going to state capitals with fucking guns because you want to wear a mask. They didn't even have masks to buy. There were houses with grandmas, abuelas, tias, primas, fucking making masks by hand eight hours a day for the community. We're fucking pussies here, okay? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. fucking ridiculous. You don't, you don't cover your nose out there. They write you a fucking ticket for $60. They're not fucking around out there. All right. So here's, here's what... Yeah, and I, I see your passion and that that, that does make sense. Like we have... we're pussies out yes, here. Yes, no, no. We Stupid. have masks here, but we also, again, and this may seem very, uh, you know, vague, but there is a sense of individual liberty here. Everybody oh, has yeah. individual autonomy and liberty, but that doesn't... I'm sure that doesn't happen there. And there's like a degree of this. And mm-hmm. I would say America is at the one extreme of like, you know, com- like the highest, I guess I want to say, individual liberty in the world right now. And even this has so many socialized, you know, structures. That's that's the most individual liberty you're going to get in the world is America. And then you go like other end of the spectrum, Cuba, China, whatever. And then 
somewhere in the middle there you have you know europe you know which is like a little closer to america then you have india which is like hovering around in the middle so a lot of these countries they like china they they just like welded people's doors shut <laughs> right because yeah. they they suspected that they had the coronavirus and i don't think that's healthy and i don't no. think it's it's healthy to uh, to write an infraction on like you know people's uh, charge give them a yeah. $60 fine for having their masks below their noses i think that's a bad thing like like and this is just me personally and people can contest this and you can contest this but i think that is definitely a bad thing and i don't buy the rhetoric for one second when people say that oh you took a trip to cuba you just killed a thousand grandmas i don't think that's how that works no, i don't think that's how, that how like that especially literally especially not now yeah so you you got you got tested Dude, and I, I, you uh, you got through the whole thing. You you wore your whatever fucking mask. Yeah, and everybody's I was in taking those precautions. For a week there. I, yeah, I, I you lost a whole week out of the three week trips because they make you stay in quarantine. Right. So yeah. you, so you did what you had to. I've I've you know, I've done a little bit of traveling. Um, it's not as much as I would have if it was just you know business as usual. But I've we did our traveling. We were careful where we had to be, and you know that's what you do, man. Like. I I don't like you know when people just stand up and say oh you just killed people that's no it's we're not I'm not traveling to like go to a fucking party or a rave or some shit I'm traveling to like see my family and yeah. then they're fine and they know cuz they get tested I'm fine cuz I took had to take three fucking tests Oh my god! Getting there, I ended up getting a false positive on a rapid test, and I almost lost my mind. I was like, I can't move this trip again. I was like, I, 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 I moved this trip four times. I moved this trip four times. The last three, this is gonna be me and my dad. Then he got sick, and then oh, I moved man. it, and then he died, and then I had to move it again, and then the pandemic happened, and then I had to move it again. I told my uncle, I was like, I'm not moving the trip. If I have to fucking swim there, I'll swim there. <laughs> I'm gonna end up there before the year's over. You're gonna float on a door right from the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Just rip off a rich person. So, ooh, this will uh, work, and then fucking pass. <laughs> my way through okay so yeah so i get like okay whatever fucking pandemic aside yeah, yeah, most yeah. like on into bullshit like fuck the pandemic yeah Fine. it was just awful it's 2021 the pandemic's over right you do know that right? <laughs> the pandemic going on in the white house yeah that yeah. one's completely over yeah yeah so um election the, fraud there's a panda in the white house that's what that is yeah hashtag thank you antifa all right <laughs> <laughs> so so now let's do like you know the the kind of final chunk segment that i want to go through and we've like been peppering throughout the conversation peppering in like how life is there yeah, in personal cuba experiences yeah and shit. so what i want to understand again i'll set up where i come from in india right and i was saying the india had socialist leaning so all the way up till 1990s a lot of things were nationalized you know private enterprise was was not uh, not as encouraged it was like you know almost pushed back and and squashed and there's elements of that now even but from 1991 is when there was the so-called liberalization of the economy that happened in 91 and ever since then things have get, been getting more and more liberal there's more market there's more companies there's more products so now you can go in and um, you can basically buy everything you can buy here you can buy in in india so in yeah. in the early 90s or 80s when people moved here they like brought back fucking sneakers bars oh yeah, yeah? back home and people That's lost the their shit same out there in cuba people right. pay like four or five times street value out there for right. fucking sneakers See, and yeah so bars. yeah that makes sense so that's how india was but it has changed 
you know and india was never like cuba there was like still some sort of a market well, there yeah, but yeah you guys you got you guys got you guys got that huge influence by the great british empire back in the day so i mean if anything there was a negative influence and well yeah i mean i didn't want to be rude and be like you guys got fucked by, <laughs> by yeah. the queen <laughs> right right so so the the market was not that you know mature or whatever but now it really is like you 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 can't name one thing that you can't buy in india there's still like a lot of uh, tariffs and and all of that mm-hmm. uh, and and market control and yeah and, so sometimes uh, if you buy it, price it's like eight times the cost yeah so yeah. it it, um, it is exaggeration but yeah you buy an iphone it's going to be a little higher than than here you're going to pay like on you know, 1.5 times that's as high <sighs> as it goes uh so people like iphones you know when when somebody's going back here they want you to bring an, bring iPhone. an iphone yeah yeah because see that's that's they're so probably that's, gonna that's the charging. difference somebody in cuba wants you to bring band-aids you know they want to, you to bring iphones so and then whereas here i just want to go to band-aids <laughs> 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 that's a strip club huh? <laughs> jesus christ sorry <laughs> hey i'm american uh, this is my right i don't need to wear a mask to go to a strip club yeah i'm getting sick either way go yeah, on yeah masks mandatory <laughs> bras not mandatory <laughs> so dude okay so so the 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 point i was trying to make um i i I guess is like india there's poverty but there's like you can still get things and like you know most number of people that have been brought out of poverty in the last 10 years is because of all the reforms Yes, all the yeah. reforms the people can actually get jobs still a long way to go right if i go back to india like and uh, my home is pretty much like this i i'd say my father did um, where my parents live probably nicer than where i live it's it's a nice you know large home and all of that and and you know every all the amenities everything is nice you know but public life you know pu- you wouldn't get as much uh, you know it's going to be shittier as as public <laughs> as it yeah when it gets public it gets shittier yeah. and you'll like start seeing like these really bad toilets and all of that so there's yeah. there's that's where india is at and that kind of where you know my baseline is of understanding is right now you go to cuba right there is no market what is going on like how how does cuba function it's a very broad question but how does cuba function where do, oh, where do no, people buy their things yeah. uh like you know are, are there is there private companies that produce things no. that are sanctioned by the government so kind of just like walk us through yeah so it's i know what you're asking is a complicated question but uh basically my tour guide for my whole trip there the person that kind of like helped me with everything and the person that helped me organize my trip to kind of you know give me like a precursor to what was going on is my cousin yon he is a 21 year old uh student at the university of havana working on his phd in physics yeah that's what he wants to do and by the way uh if we we're that's pretty young to be doing a phd but gone well that's kind of just what he has like another year and a half before he starts his phd but out there it's like different like you don't take unnecessary classes to get your degrees but um he's fortunately he's very intelligent and very well versed in the in like economical sanctions and stuff like that and like terms that i asked him all these questions and he was able to answer me it is so fucking awful out there bro it is a third world country in the most absolute fucking sense a majority of everything so like i look around this this apartment and i see like wall hooks for your keys i see some nice uh, knitted things on the wall i see that shoe rack the stand for the tv everything here everything here except for maybe this couch and maybe that table over there you cannot fucking find out there that's not 
It's not made by the government. There's weird laws with China that they can't import dick anymore. Um, furniture. There, my one of my distant cousins owns a furniture company, and he makes a good living making furniture. You have to report it to the government. He lies on all of his fucking uh, reports. Yeah, that's how he's able to buy shit. Shit gets into the country one of two ways. Um, one way is either me or people like me. They call us Yumas. Uh, Yuma is a term referred to as American born. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And then Yuma, Arizona. I'd even tell him about Yuma, Arizona. But I'm a fucking Yuma. And it got to the point that like uh, even my uncle was like, oh, you did that wrong. I'm like, oops, I'm a Yuma. I'm a Yuma. My bad. It's either Yumas like me, tourists in general, or Cuban Americans. Those are Cubans that were born there, swam here, and now they go back. Or swam, yeah, swam here, now they go back. Um, those three category of people bring in fucking everything. And it's more the Cuban Americans. Like, like I told you, shit out there sells for four to five times street value. I could buy a $9 memory card here, like 64 gigs, just a regular USB card for nine bucks. People will have to buy it for like 40 out there. And you're wondering how do people do this if they make 40 bucks a month? It's been like this since the revolution or it's since they, oh, since people have been able to travel back in. It's just like, I don't know where it started from, but again, people are making like 30, 40 bucks a month. The government is aware it costs 90 bucks a month to live there at minimum, right? And the, I'm, these aren't actual numbers. I'm throwing out an example. The government says it's up to you to make up the other 50 bucks. For how poor of a, of a, of a little town my uncle lived in, like, you know, he lived in uh, Artemisa, where they don't have speed bumps. They just have dips in the fucking ground. That way you kill yourself when you're driving. Like, I'm sure if you've driven through India, there's, there's towns like yeah. that where you like even driving yeah. the highways, you're just swerving everywhere. Um, trying to avoid potholes. But basically where it all comes from is people outside of the country. Okay. So, so this is good. This is good. So three ways you said, okay, so essentially two ways, yeah. people, private citizens from the outside, bringing it in. Yep. Or, the government sanctioned whatever manufacturer and, there, and there's shit and there's nothing there's no they don't do shit they don't they don't make any factories to produce goods in fact my cousin told me the trade schools there what they'll do is um the people will like go to trade schools to be a machinist and then they'll buy a lathe they'll buy a lathe and then instead of working for the government they'll just work out of their house because all the cars there they're either from before the revolution so that's why they have so many american cars yeah. or their cars brought over during their association with russia well now that they don't have an association with Russia, they can't find these fucking parts. There's people literally like people will find deposits of iron and then, you know, purify it, take it to a machinist and the machinist will make you a part to fix in your car. Yeah. To put in your okay. car to fix it. It's wow. fucking nuts. They're the most self-sufficient. It's super third world country. Cubans are the most self-sufficient yet most depressed people <laughs> I've ever met yeah, in my is, life. That is insane. So like, yeah. so what happens is, what if somebody goes to I don't know whatever department of making shit right and under <laughs> the eh? under the, the departamento de haciendo mierda department, <laughs> of, making <laughs> department of making shit you know of the Cuban government and de, they're like de yeah, hey. yeah so they go like hey uh, can I just set up the shop of uh, you know and just like build you know build small things you know build uh, build shit that people would want build build like small consumer goods so, the, so what what happens then so that was a good thing when Castro resigned power and Raul started taking over Raul started allowing more capitalistic things like that into the country and it got real weird he allowed for people to have private business licenses which never happened before 
there were literally engineers, doctors, physics professors, politicians quitting their jobs to drive a cab because they made more money. Wow. Yeah. And these were people just like running a restaurant, driving a cab from the airport. They just made more money that way. Renting out their hotel to or renting out. They have they call they call them casa particulares. They're like Airbnb. particular in Spanish just means particular. But if you uh, if you put the denotation of particular after something, it normally means like tourism. Uh, so they have these houses on top of their houses. They rent out. There's a professor at, at University of Havana that quit because he was making more money renting out that room on top of his right. house in Taurus. See, yeah, this is all like you know, uh, backwards and upside down. See, yeah. that's, a, that's the problem. Um, but yeah, that's basically what happens. And the people that now have businesses, they underreport it because the government's going to take 50%, straight 50%. That's the tax. Th- this pre- is, yeah, this there's is, no marginal tax rate. No, there's nothing. No, no, it's not like 50% after revenue, 50%, just straight 50%, whatever comes in, we take 50%. So they underreport it. That's what they yeah. do because the government's like, well, we are the government. We need to take 50% and they're literally throwing 90% of their funds at the military now. Yeah. So by the way, that's from a recent a U.S. State Department report. But anyways. Yeah. Completely accurate. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but So yeah, that's how shit is coming in. huh? Like I, I was watching this guy and obviously you've been there, but I was watching this just this British dude who was in um, who was in Cuba just walking around. I really like the, you know, his, his videos. He goes to like these obscure countries. Like he went to uh, an African country called um, I don't even remember the name of the thing. Like Longway? it's uh, Mauritania. I want to say Mauritania yeah, or something like, like Mesopotamia. All- no, no, Mesopotamia is an ancient civilization. Five thousand years. So yeah, so there's like this East uh, West African country, like really big. Had never heard of it. Right. Because, and I'm not like, you know, I, I know a little bit of geography. I can tell, okay, roughly what country is what even say for Africa, but I hadn't even heard of that country because it was like this contested area. So the point being, this guy goes to like, you know, a lot of obscure countries and I saw him walking around Cuba and he goes to this, uh, this little bar, um, and they had like they they nobody's manufacturing glasses right oh, to drink out of yeah so I they forgot f- about that yeah, yeah so they fashioned a glass out of like an old uh, beer, beer bottle yeah yeah I, it's insane I, to me I I drink so that's what I was talking about hipsters living like they're in a fucking third world country that's a trend out here that's most of the glasses in my uncle's house and the thing is like you'll have businesses on the side of the road where they sell sugar cane glass or sugar cane glass sugar cane juice. And they'll give it to you in this glass and you'll drink and you have to be careful because they didn't they didn't sand down the edges. Like, you know, have you ever done that where you drink out of a glass as yeah, a, like chip a broken on? chip? Yeah, yeah chip and you glass. know, you're like, oh, if I put my pressure the wrong way, shit is wild out there. Yeah, like you said, there's no business making glasses. There's no business making housewares, fucking forks. People they're like people like me bring shit for their family and those people fucking resell it. I brought my cousin a pair of Converse. I bought it Ross for like, oh, by the way, this podcast is sponsored by ross i brought yeah that's where i do my all all my shopping (laughs) exclusively well i i got a pair of converse i thought were his size but they were too big for like 18 19 you know they're always cheap at ross and um he was like yeah they didn't fit i was like well can you sell them for 60 he's like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah like shit like it's what the cuban government as much as they try to push we're for the people they don't do shit for the fucking people there's no band-aids there's no fucking shoes out there at literally any piece of clothing any piece of clothing that people get it's not from cuba yeah it's from fucking americans or yeah, tourists okay coming in. So, so the last kind of the final point on this this whole thing is yeah. uh so people are bringing stuff in or they're just like making this uh making things in a limited way 
per government like approval or by basically the government making it right the yeah the only government sanction yeah the only clothes the government makes i believe are the military uniforms <laughs> i'm not even joking like <laughs> that's so funny dude like i went to a clothing store and it's so sad and uh like most of the products that were on the shelves were just straight up made in china I don't think, yeah, they had some shirts, but those shirts also came from China. They have some, they can't do trade, but I think they do yeah. business with China. Right, that's what I was going to ask yeah. next. Okay, so why, so they have a trade embargo with the US. Why doesn't, why don't they trade with China? Why don't products come in from China? I think it's also because of the US. I think. Oh, it's like a, a, a trade embargo yeah. so by association. Yeah. So I think this is what I found out too. And this is going to make it real way more complicated for me next time. Uh, the Banco Financiero, Banco Financiero Internacional, the International Finance Bank of Cuba, was recently put on the U.S. State Department's list of banned like, business or restricted businesses because they found that that's, you know, that's the main bank in Cuba. They found that the funds that the people put in their bank accounts there are being prioritized to military and any direct offsets of military branches. And then it's being directed to the citizens. Wow. Yeah. And this is the money of private citizens. huh? This is the, yes, this is the money of, I read that and I got so fucking upset at that last night. Yeah. And I don't want to like make this a whole rhetoric of capitalism versus no. communism because, um, because each side has its pros and cons, but um, at this point, this is just a straight fucking military, like, this is just yeah, a straight police state out yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's a communist dictatorship, that's what it is. Um, and that's what I think communism would lead to. So, where I come in here, like, where I land up is markets, obviously good, you know, and like, the, the word capitalism has probably been tainted, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a free market where people are incentivized to build shit and sell shit and reinvest that shit and make better shit. Like that cycle is obviously beneficial and that is how the modern world has been built. Yeah. We have this equipment, this this recorder uh, designed in Japan, built in China, used here <laughs> in, in Arizona by an Indian guy talking to a white Cuban. Like, so this is... <laughs> Or as they call me there, American. Uh, talking to a Yuma, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's our word. That's our word. Is it like the N word? Do, do, do you guys? <laughs> Is the Y word? I can't say it. The Y word. <laughs> what was, uh, do you guys have a word for that? For like, uh, yeah, for... it's, it's, called, it's, it's weird. Yeah. A lot of the, no, tell me what's, what's the word for like Indians born here. It's called ABCD. It's 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 the it's not that popular, but it is called ABCD. American born confused Daisy is what they call it. <laughs> confused Daisy. Oh, I've Desi, heard it. Daisy yeah, is, any, yeah, is uh, anybody Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi. Like uh, you know, they're called Daisies. Daisy means basically national, like you know, of of the nation. So it's ABCD. Ah. That's why they call it American born confused Daisy because American they're neither here nor Daisy. there. Dude, it's it's weird with the with the second gen uh, Americans, man. Like, mm-hmm. say Indian Americans, especially second gen Indian American millennials, they are so fucking confused. <laughs> and and, and I, I I know a lot of guys, really really you know successful guys, cool guys, and even in pop culture, you will see uh, you know they're really popping right now. A lot yeah. of comedians, a lot of actors. You know, you got Hasan Minhaj, Aziz Ansari, you know Nimesh Patel, like all all these guys really crushing it, right? But if you <laughs> 
if you they're so obsessed with their parents it's 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 odd because that's yeah. all they know like a lot of these second generation kids they they have their friends they have their life but it's it's very insular to if you see like tiktoks say like you know young kids make tiktoks right teenagers if you see like a tiktok made by a second generation kid it's all about just their parents oh my mom says this my dad says this lily sing like that kind of thing is then you know? my mom my dad speaks like this my dad did <laughs> right that shit and that's all it is that's their entire universe and i'm like if you compare that to teenagers in india right kids making it they make like tiktoks just about one thing <laughs> pussy <laughs> That's all they care Is about. Is it? Okay. That's all they care about. They will like they will hold out their moms. You know, if that promises them even sniffing a pussy. Just let me sniff a nice cooch, nice leathery cooch. I will hold out my mom. Wait, we can't you can't have a nice cooch and have it be leathery. That's not how that that's not a nice leathery cooch. Okay, yeah, so oh a bad gosh. leathery cooch. Okay. Let me let me sniff anything Why and I will sell nice my fam- velvety cooch. Why okay, can't nice. the cooch be velvety? Okay, a bad leathery or a nice, a nice velvety chocolatey. Anything, nice just give me anything. That's what I did. <laughs> These fucking kids are desperate, dude. They are desperate. They can't care about their family. They don't care about any of that. No, they don't care about any of your stupid stereotypes. I'm so glad you said that. So I wanted to ask you this. So the craziest thing out there is my family was trying to get me laid and I was like that only works with American white women. And yeah. they were like, "No, it's fine. We'll find you we'll find you an American Cuban girl." I was like, "No, no Cuban American girls. It's not the same <laughs> shit. Not the same shit. I want a white ass girl with fucking privileged ass parents." And she, she's like, "Oh my god, it's so weird you speak Spanish." Uh, uh-huh. like I want one of those girls. I'm like, "Look, it's not going to work because here's the thing out there. Cuban men Okay, my dad raised me. I knew him my whole life and everything. Very gentleman, very, very proper, very polite. Cuban men, after meeting my dad, I was like, my dad must have been a fucking alien to this goddamn island. Because Cuban men are the most disgusting, the most misogynistic. (laughs) They They will sell the country for a chance to get some pussy. Cuban men are insane. They are just catcalling all fucking day on the street. Yeah, they even catcalled you. Mommy, oh, yeah, cat call me. They don't give a shit. They will stick their dick in a watermelon. They don't even know what a watermelon is over there. Okay, they whatever they find, they're sticking their dick in. And I like, and the thing is, the women love it over there. Yeah. I'm gonna get hate for saying this, but they do. They want that. It's the, the classic. She was asking for it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what she was asking for, United States citizenship. Yeah. But I. <laughs> She was asking for a swift immigration processing. That's what she was asking for. <laughs> she wanted some of that hot capitalism injected inside yeah. her. All right. Oh, I don't man. <laughs> let them let them chase me for this. Uh, who's going to chase you? But man? no, women yeah. love that whole like thing about the men out there. Men are aggressive. And then they'll like, you know, they'll play a tug of war. You know, it's like hot and cold. They push and pull and shit like that. Oh, man. And I'm like, I don't I don't want to get laid out here. Uh, it's too much work. Yeah. I, it took me a while to get used to the accent. I'm not going to get... I'm not going to do that either. Fuck that shit. Yeah, yes. So, um, okay. So, yeah, we, we were talking about capitalism. We ended up with leathery pussy, but like... Uh, <laughs> that's not you know, just like what happens to capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> you try to, try to help your fellow man, you get some leathery pussy on the side. So, okay. So... <laughs> So the, so the point being like with with Cuba can't really buy anything government doesn't really make anything because nope. the, the main problem is when you're trying to just sit down in a boardroom and trying to 
top down design everything to say that this is how the education is going to be this is how the healthcare is going to be this is how the military is going to be this is how the consumer goods market is going to be yep. this is how ag- agriculture is going to be like at a certain point you may get the first two things but I, even if you are at the best of intentions which i don't think castro was from my understanding i don't think he had the best of intentions yeah. he was an egomaniac like you have to be like you have to be a sociopath yeah, his, to be in politics yep. let alone be a dictator yeah, Forget about and, it. and I think the weirdest thing was like his motto was like make Cuba great again, and I think that should. It was. <laughs> no, it was. Oh, did you? You had, you had me fooled just, for a second. Jesus. So I just did that for the reaction on your face. Yeah, because, make Cuba great again. Because I, I was thinking, you no, know, Trump like plagiarized Castro, and that I wouldn't even. Yeah, be he was plagiarizing like Hitler and shit. It was fucking. Yeah. Bad. So so yeah so, so the problem being like you know the the final few like kind of the wrap up here would be. Uh, here's again here's where, where i come in is you know you you need like checks and balances in a free market which i yeah. think the us has tweak the checks and balances you know some of them may be out of control don't throw the baby out of the bathwater a lot of people <laughs> who say eat the rich you know whatever like i don't really buy into that rhetoric because nah, i've like you know, i've i've lived in a country where you know a lot of things were socialized even up till now a lot of things are price controlled because if you buy like a packet of Oreos here, you buy it at a Circle K, it's two bucks. If you buy it at a Walmart, you know, it's, it's uh, you'll get it for a dollar. You know, you buy it at a Costco in bulk, you'll get like even cheaper. But in India, there's something called a maximum retail price, MRP, right? Oh, wow. And everything you buy anywhere is going to be the same price, which is not a good thing. So that like somebody who's selling it in a remote place is going to have a hard time uh, because he has to sell it for the same price, but it costs him more to, to like, you know, ship it there or bring it there or whatever. So there's those problems still there. And that is not very healthy for the economy. And I've been through that. I've lived through that. And that's, I've, I've been in the job market there and it's a problem. Even with like the current liberalizations, the, the job market is still a problem. So that's why I had to move here. And here, even with my immigration restrictions and the immigration is a whole other issue. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, I'm in the job market. I'm very uh, desirable in this job market, even with the Im- immigration restrictions. And, and for those of you wondering, uh, Abrar is a hitman, but go on, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if I was a hitman, I would be very desirable in the Indian job market too. <laughs> <laughs> you could just go to you. You could just go to Karachi and then yeah. just <laughs> become one of the one dollar hit. Man. Oh man! Uh, so yeah. So so my point being, with all those like that kind of top down, uh, you know, management is not very good for the people in general, right? And that's what is going on. That is the extreme example of that is Cuba. So you can talk shit about the United States yeah. and all of that. And there are issues to be taken care of. But that's what they are. They are issues like the core. I think the core is good. You know, the the, the yeah. nucleus of what everything is built on is good. You, you need like, you know, with the modern world, with changing things with technology, AI and whatnot and a big data, all these things you need to like evolve and tweak. But I think the, the, the nucleus is good at, as far as I'm concerned. And people can disagree with this and we can talk about that. You know, if somebody disagrees with it or you disagree with it. But I think that's that's what is different uh, between like a top down versus a bottom up uh, sort of a uh, an economy. So you top down, you can never get everything like nobody is going to sit down and and like plan out making those hooks for keys 
but no, the market no. will do that because it like you know people yeah, will realize realizes their need and if yeah. there's not a need they'll make a need with marketing and they don't have marketing out there there's no marketing and yeah that, i mean that's yeah. what marketing uh, is like yeah making... yeah the market marketing is basically appealing to the irrationality of a consumer <laughs> essentially yeah, essentially right? yeah. yeah because nobody is a rational like the rational consumer is a myth so so the point being bottom up the market will kind of like you know be fluid and understand what's needed where and have a nice little check and balance so no nobody's you know you know fucking a gimp in their basement or or, or has you know sweatshops or chat you don't know okay you don't know what the, what some of us consumers want with a gimp in our <laughs> shut up about hey this is this is a burr's pot he's kink shaming everybody All fucking right. now you're giving this uh, shit for going to the apex non consensual gimp that's different heart. that's non consent okay. no okay yeah that's what i am opposed to <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> that's the market we need to hit is people looking for non consensual gimp <laughs> give them the non consensual experience without it being non consensual <laughs> that's that's the that's the thing that's the no that's the thing of the called cnc consensual non-consent oh, where okay. <laughs> i went to christian school you know this this is oh, God. <laughs> consensual non-consent yes yeah, okay CNC. so that's that's different type of uh you know uh, psychosis that we don't want to talk about <laughs> i'm really king shaming now i was waiting for you to come because i think that's a fucked up shit too <laughs> that is some some deep seated issues right there that is some right consensual dog oh okay so 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 with cuba so what is the road forward here like you said raul's coming now and he's kind of yeah. opening things up so i'd like i i really hope and pray like things open up a little more and say Me like too, you know man. Th- so this and obviously you have a direct like an you know, emotional investment there with with your actual family being yeah. there and i'm i i and i'm me just like as as a bystander i look at that and i'm say like man things should open up then like you know fuck the us like maybe they 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 don't still like you know get along with the us mm-hmm. uh, maybe they don't maybe they don't that's besides the point but try to you know make relationships with these these other big players i don't know like india's got a bunch of shit to sell how about work with cuba but the problem is on an international political uh, you know kind of geopolitical level there's the second order effect of the us uh, having a trade embargo i don't know if it's a written or an unwritten thing no, but it's, like cuba no, it's has a, a problem trading with anybody at this point yeah it's a written thing to give you some perspective as to how far down this embargo reaches i took american airlines there and to check in my bags because i had two bags cost me 70 bucks it cost me another $100 because of the embargo to bring them into the country. I had to pay there at the front desk. And I was like, I just paid. They're like, yeah, you have to pay more. And I was like, what the fuck? This is ridiculous. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, what are the next steps? Well, um, the the U.S. government doesn't want to do business with them because their banks are military-owned. They're military-owned and they're military-priority. I think if Cuba relaxes on their military... Like if they if if they want to set up their banks, their you know like the like like the Federal Bank of Cuba, to not prioritize the military, to actually prioritize its citizens, then maybe the U.S. will want to do business with them, or maybe the U.S. can just take its head out of its own fucking ass and just lift the embargo with Cuba because no, we're, we're killing kids in other countries. But that's a story. For right, right. Day. Yeah, U.S. Is, is not the most like is not an innocent no we're actor not in, in all of this, and I don't think like you know. Uh, every country does have some some amount of blood on their hands yeah, uh, but I mean, us to, is the big daddy of the world so they probably have a little more than others i mean to put it in perspective this is just me being and like i've talked about what i know about cuban history on this podcast i feel like the dumbest fucking person because 911 happened now 20 years ago 
and we're at war with the country where the people that did 9-11 are no longer from, right? Isn't that... What the fuck is happening? What, why are we at war? I don't understand that. I, yeah, maybe so that's I mean... Just me. uh, so, so, that, so that, like, that is a, a complex, I guess, issue in, yeah, the, in the sense that... Complex. So obviously, uh, Osama bin Laden, he, he was in hiding and he was in Afghanistan and that's how they got into Afghanistan. And, and now the, the idea is that's breeding grounds for you know, future. It's, it's all preemptive. Right, it's breeding grounds for future uh, terrorist attacks and mm-hmm. all of that. And I think America is going to pull out of all these countries pretty Hopefully. fast. I think it's going to be in the next ten years. I don't know how uh, they're going to leave like a, a symbolic base, you know, like you know, I, like they do uh, oh, have in Germany about. and ja- Japan. Oh or whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be one of those. Like but a US it, it's, space. Yeah, it's 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 going it's coming soon. But yeah, that that is definitely a problem, and there was a lot of emotions running high. You know, when when nine eleven happened, people really wanted to to get revenge, which I think they did, uh, you know, by by killing Osama bin Laden and uh, that was Saddam yeah. too. And that was the, he was just collateral damage in, in basically all of this. He was not the, he was not a good guy, obviously. No, Saddam Hussein. Not. But yeah, he he got uh, <laughs> you know he got mixed in with with this whole war on terror, and he got fucked too. But okay, again, sticking to Cuba then. Yeah. So so so, so so going forward, I the only way I see the U.S. you know kind of lifting the trade embargo. Is if there is another revolution in Cuba to topple the current dictatorship and they like kind of set up some sort of a quasi democracy yeah. or something. Yeah, something like that. Like if they're able to do that, I could see that. You see, um, do you have? Do you get a sense of that? You live there now, obviously for three weeks. Do you? Yeah, get a live sense there that, is the right term. Yeah. I live like a real fucking Cuban. Yeah. So uh, um, so yeah, you. I, I guess yeah, you you visited or lived. Um, I, it you was, had, it like, was re- living. Yeah. So I almost got stuck you there. there yeah. Did you get a sense from the people that there's something bubbling? there's something going on it, it is but it's so the thing is that the government the education system there has entangled respect towards fidel and his regime so well oh, it's very uh, that they un- yeah. yeah that they understand that this is not the way a country should be run but they also have respect like my like my cousin is like i like I was telling him, I was like, you don't understand the luxuries that I have in the U.S. and I don't make that much money. Yeah. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, you know how like you and my uncle have to go out every day to find shit? He's like, yeah. I was like, I can do all that from my phone. It'll be at my door in three hours. And he's like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, that's how it works out there. I was like, dude, this isn't like, like, okay, like I know you guys need a new toilet, like, and you haven't been able to find one for two years? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I could find one today. One I could hour. find one in an hour. He was like, what? I was like, you don't like, I, you know. It's unfathomable probably for somebody yeah. who's lived in that situation. Yeah, they don't understand that. That like, I, I tell him like, you know, there is a bit of a cost. We have a higher stress rate. Our health is a little worse over there. But overall, our lives are way more luxurious. Yeah, and you have the, you kind of uh, have the, you know, I wouldn't say option that would like seem very uh, rude because there's some biological things where you don't have the option, but you have the freedom and autonomy to kind of fashion your life in a way where you're not stressed. You know, you, there is the option. Yeah. I think there isn't the option there. And you're just, that's the life that has been chosen for you by it's, the government. It's not so much stress. It's just straight misery. Like they always say every time something goes bad or every time they can't get something that's crucial, like, like fucking vitamins or like, uh, like life-saving medication they're like yeah vivir aquí es un miseria like live to live here is a misery <laughs> wow that's a great place to end it actually <laughs> Cuba to live here is a misery 
How does that oh sums it up, gosh. huh? Yeah. Thank you so much, Zoya. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank Fantastic, you for man. Me. I appreciate you, man. Enjoy this three-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Zoya, everybody. <laughs> All right, thank you. Bye.